in the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. really scared for our democracy aren't you oh so nervous our democracy just not might not might make it uh just uh, after what happened to pelosi you know oh my goodness gracious joe biden is addressing the country a speech to the entire nation this is the one crime he's apparently interested in <laughs> two years everybody's stabbing each other shooting each other rioting all over the place now now he's got something to say about Violence in America, because he's going to try to tie it to the threat to democracy. Uh, what a great big scam. I'll have more on this Pelosi thing. The story is not going away. Uh, my suspicions remain. Absolutely, there's something very, very wrong with this case. And you know what? I've been. We haven't heard from Donald Trump in a couple of weeks, right? How long has it been since the last rally? Not that long, 10 days ago, but... Still, uh, what does he have to say about all this? Who's Chris Steigel, by the way? Do we know who he is? He has a radio show. Never heard of him. Is he big? Um, all right. Here, Trump is on the show with him and uh, uh, talking about the Pelosi thing. I really do want to hear what he has to say. Cut 12. Yeah. Well, it would. Yeah. yeah. I, I think in time we're going to learn more. Oh, if in fact, uh, curious. I, I think I think this is the beginning. It's it looks. But it's a sad situation. Very sad, actually. All right. Wait a second. No, he's got to be saying more than that. Sad situation. Come on. What else? Cut 13. How do you read what's happened in the Pelosi household in San Francisco over the weekend? Well, it's uh, weird things <laughs> going on in that household in the last couple of weeks. Uh, you know, probably you and I are better not talking about it. Cause, <laughs> but the last, it seems, was broken from the inside to the out. And, you know, that was so it wasn't a break in. It was a breakout. I don't know. You know, you hear the same things I do. Yeah, uh, <laughs> he's he's so good. He's now. Why doesn't he want to say anything? Well, because uh, number one, we really don't know. But uh, there's there's something not right about all of this. Cut 14, please. 9-11 tape seems to suggest that uh, they that he knew the identity of the guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's a. That's a lot of bad stuff. I'm not a fan of Nancy Pelosi, but what's going on there is very sad. Very yeah, I sad. just it seems to me there would be security evidence of this. There just seems to be more to this story. Would would it be yep. safe to say? This is I think more than the traffic accident, it looks like to me. I <laughs> but, think the but traffic on Republicans or out. you, sir. I mean, how absurd. Clearly this was a deranged man. We know that much. Yeah. It's the whole thing is crazy. I mean, if there's even a little bit of truth to what's being said. It's crazy, but it, it the window was broken in, and it was strange that the cops were the you know standing there practically from from the moment it all took place. So I don't know. You're going to have to explain that to your audience. You're going to have to explain it to everybody, including me, because that one's figuring out Russia and figuring out uh, China is much easier. <laughs> he's the he's the best. Look, he's like the rest of us. He's so he's. Per- perceptive he's got common sense and uh unlike so many else he's so many others he's not really afraid and uh you know look it's a question mark it's a question mark and uh yeah cnn get this you know we're allowed to uh wonder we are we're allowed to uh ask questions uh but they don't think so it's pretty amazing actually what's happened to the mainstream media when it comes to 
their own effort or their own ability to question, analyze. CNN now says if it comes from the government, it literally must be true. It must be true. Now, they criticize us here about our concerns about the FBI, of which I had Howie Carr on last night. I haven't talked to him in a while. He's great. This guy, he, he, if the federal government is going to do anything, it's probably going to do it in a botched fashion, and that includes law enforcement. Sorry, but the FBI got to overhaul it, got to call it something else. It needs to be rebranded, restaffed. Um, and maybe we, quite frankly, get rid of it and just give it to the local prosecutors or the uh, district prosecutors, you know, the U.S. attorneys all over the country. But, you know, we've been fed this line. A lot of it does not make sense. And and But CNN says, like, how dare you? How dare you? They're calling me a liar using my own abilities to analyze. And there's really stuff to be skeptical about here. Not them, though. Cut 30. I think we need to stop calling them conspiracy theories. These are lies. These are just things that people are have made up and, and are spreading. But that 911 audio may be critical to stopping some of it. Yeah, it, it should stop it, but it won't. It won't stop the lies, right? And part of that we see is because some of the folks who are trafficking in this also have their suspicions about the FBI. And here we are talking about claims that are very clearly spelled out in a federal affidavit. In a federal affidavit. Does she realize, does everybody remember how America works? Just because the government tells us something? No, that's not good enough. You know how they used to say allegedly? This guy is alleged? No, they don't do that. This is a targeted assassination attempt, even when the government isn't even saying it. This is a, this man is a, is an assassin. He's a MAGA assassin. Uh, what about, I mean, I'm sorry, but the worst guys in the world, they usually cut them a little slack uh, until they've been proven guilty or otherwise. I mean, O.J. Simpson, all through that uh, the trial and everything, like allegedly this, allegedly that. Listen to this. Everyone's saying it's just allegations when it comes to people like R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, and the rest. Cut 31. Here are the new Cosby developments. Cosby's next shows at a venue right outside of New York canceled, and he's facing even more new allegations. The charge action with at least two instances in which Weinstein allegedly sexually been back in 2013. This comes as a new accusation surfaced that kept sex with a teenage girl in Detroit nearly two decades ago. Hey, is that skipping as much uh, on the radio as it is in my ears and my headphone? Okay, what the hell happened? I don't know what, I mean, who would cut that and say, oh, yes, play this on the radio. It was it's skipping every other word. Oh, well. Um, but you you get the drift there, right? They're saying um, allegations, allegedly, R. Kelly, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. But no, not this. And as a matter of fact, they're just taking it and running with it. Uh, you're about to hear from three people. Uh, the district attorney in San Francisco, followed by Wolf Blitzer, and some congressman, Democrat, nobody, who wants to hang this on Republicans? Yes, all of it. It's our fault. Well, I'm not a Republican, but, you know, the MAGA crowd, it's our fault. Cut 32, please. I think I made it clear over the last couple of days that that one thing that we wanted to emphasize is that this was a targeted attack. This was not a, a random residential burglary. Um, he specifically sought out their home. He sought out the speaker. Um, and, it, and in turn, when he could not locate her at her home, turned his violence towards her husband. When you hear that, Congressman, what's your reaction? 
Well, we are in an era where disinformation and misinformation and people just rejecting outright verifiable facts is actually becoming common uh, in our political discourse right now. And here's why it's happening. It's happening because in this case, you have the Republican Party <laughs> that's allowing it to happen. Yes, we're allowing it to happen. I'll let the, everybody knows the Republican Party is allowing all this crime all over the place, huh? <laughs> we're just allowing it to happen. I guess he's protected under the Constitution. He can say whatever the hell he wants to, but uh, those are lies right there. And this guy actually said, I was the victim of a coup. Why? Because he was a congressman and he was there on January 6th. I was a victim of a coup. Uh, And tonight, Joe Biden takes the stage at Union Station. They're going to get out all the homeless people and uh, chase away the criminals for the evening so Joe Biden can... uh, a uh, bad mouth, uh, ultra MAGA again. Remember when he did that in Philadelphia, right around Labor Day? He's going to try it again on the eve of the election. And by the way, what brought this speech on? The Pelosi attack. So you see how they're trying to exploit it? They're desperate right now. You know who's really especially desperate? Nancy. Nancy Pelosi. By the way, where the hell is she? I mean, I, why, why, why aren't we hearing from her? Where is she? I guess she put out a statement, a tweet. She's alive. Her husband, they already told me he's going to make it. He's going to be, uh, he's going to make it just fine. And Nancy also said she wanted privacy at this time. Why? How about demanding justice, privacy? Again, right? We give privacy to Tom, uh, Tom Brady and Giselle because they're going through a divorce. And we all know what that means right away. We know what that means. And we know the kids and all that stuff. But this, no. He should be out there uh, demanding justice. And where the hell are the doctors, by the way? Uh, this is a pretty high-profile case. He, I'm told uh, that he had his head busted open. But I don't know that, actually. I don't know. And I'm just got to take uh, the media's word for it that he had an operation. No one's briefing us. No one. And And by the way, if you think, well, come on, give me a break. He's just a, you know. At the end of the day, he's not an office holder. He's just married to Nancy Pelosi. Uh, still a pretty important guy. Hey, do you remember the name Otto? Otto Warmbier? He was like an 18-year-old college kid who went over to North Korea. And, you know, they caught him doing something, literally. Like, it was so minor. I think he was having a water pistol fight in the uh, lobby of the hotel. And they arrested him and threw him into a North Korean labor camp. And uh, Trump did everything he could to get him out. We finally got him out, but he came back. He had major medical problems. I mean, something was up. Now, he wasn't famous. He was just a college kid. He went through something kind of wild and of public interest. And what did they do? Well, the doctors had a great big press conference every single day. Cut 27. This is uh, the University of Cincinnati Medical Center team briefing the public on some guy named Otto. Cut 27. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome. My name is Kristen Weavers, and I serve as the Senior Vice President and Chief Marketing and Communications Officer at UC Health here in Cincinnati, Ohio. We are here at the request of the Warmbier family to provide an update on Otto's medical condition and the care he is currently receiving at UC Health, University of Cincinnati, Medical Center. All right. Thank you very much. And there were like six doctors right there waiting to give, uh, you know, their observations and their prognosis at the request of the family. Why isn't Nancy doing that? I think Nancy's covering up all kinds of stuff with this guy. I really do. 
Uh, we know, by the way, that uh, they covered up all kinds of stuff when it came to his drunk driving situation. Um, when was that? April or so? Earlier th- Earlier this year. This guy. And now everybody can say, oh, we're so concerned about Paul. Well, I guess I would be if they told me if they were straight with me. Because right now, I, I just don't know what his condition is. I don't know what's going on. Where are the doctors? Where's the update? Where the hell is Nancy? This is so close to the election, and Nancy is desperate to hold on to power. You know, I saw her on that fake The Nation show uh, a, week, a week ago Sunday, and she was unhinged. She was unhinged. We're, we're going to win, and I'm not here to talk about losing. We're here to win. She was just all over the place and weird. Because, what is she, 80-something years old? She's probably having thoughts about mortality and, and you know, her husband's fallen apart uh, before this. And this is what she's got, power. She loves it. By the way, have you ever seen her work the red carpet? <laughs> she loves the power. She loves the attention. And she's got to hate, hate, hate the idea of losing it. A lot of people would. I understand. Um. But what lengths would she go to keep the power? We don't know yet. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, have you ever heard of um, Lil Baby? He's a rapper doing very well on the charts, uh, although he's a depraved lunatic in my book. Um, Why am I talking about him? Well, you may have heard of the other rapper, um, a guy named Takeoff. Takeoff is his show name, I guess. His real name is even more bizarre than that name. Um, his last name is Carryball, C-A-R-R-Y-B-A-L-L. Anyway, um, not saying anything bad about him. He's dead. He got shot the other night, 28 years of age, at a big party at a bowling alley. Uh, terrible, right? I mean, gee whiz, just 28 years old. This Migos band was a big deal, all rap all the time. Um, and that's kind of okay. I thought, I mean, it's not my genre anymore. So look, where am I musically? I don't listen to music like I used to. Um, when I was in my twenties and a good chunk of my thirties, I listened to my music in the car driving around whatnot. And certainly back then, I mean, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have all this stuff. And, uh, I just listened to uh, music and uh, now, and that's where I would hear new music. You'd be exposed to new music. I don't drive like I used to, so my all my music tastes are kind of locked. I stopped developing like in 2006, 2007. So if you look through my iPhone, whatever, I've got all these songs, all these songs from the 80s, 70s, early 2000s, a lot of Michael Jackson, you know. So the other day, I'm like, you know what? I'm sick of all my music. I really am. I mean, you're going to listen to this stuff again and again and again. I need something better, especially when I go running. You need some better music. You need something to keep you going. So I'm like, okay, let's see what's new out there. So I go to uh, iTunes and, uh, well, all right, what's popular? And you can go to the popular list, you know, the top songs in America right now. And, uh, there are two artists dominating the charts, um, Taylor Swift, who I don't like. And so I had no interest in that. So then there's this Lil Baby character, Lil Baby. Now, Lil Baby um, was born in 1994 in Atlanta. And unfortunately, he had a lot of things go wrong for him. His father split at a very early age. He had trouble in high school. He turned to drugs and drug dealing very early in his life. And, uh, you know, a lot of criminality. And, uh, however, he was good with the rhymes, I guess. And uh, now he's one of the top rap stars in the world. 
Lil Baby has uh, three of the top ten songs in America right now are by Lil Baby. And I'm sorry, but they're all depraved. First of all, there's no beat whatsoever. I don't like the song. I don't like the uh, the music. I don't, uh, I mean, does this impress you? It doesn't impress me. Cut 36, please. Money over everything. Try to stop it. You get popped right then and there. Make your breath full of where you is. Cool up on me. Bust your wins and wears. Yeah, all right. So, you know what I mean? That it sounds like a lot of other stuff I've heard. It doesn't sound particularly original. And I have no idea what he's talking about. Do you? Can I hear that one more time? Let's really concentrate and see what he's talking about. Money over everything. Try to stop it. You get popped right then and there. Make your breath full of where you is. Cool up on me. Bust your wins and wears. Uh... Seems to have something to do with clothes. Maybe. I don't know. Well, anyway, I looked it up. I looked up some of his, the lyrics, and you really can't talk about him. It's all about, um, it's a lot of sex. It's all, all the sex that he had, all the sex that he was promised, all the sex that he's going to have. Uh, it's also a lot about, well, the N-word is all over the place, N-word this, N-word that. Um, uh, violence, uh, not too much violence, but he's always rolling up on somebody. The depravity of this is um, extreme, and it's also mainstream. It's mainstream. Three of the top ten songs are by this guy. Three. 30% of the top ten songs in America are by Lil Baby, a criminal who stands for nothing but uh, depravity and indulging himself. I mean, um, that's not right, is it? And uh, who's going to talk about it? Well, no one, because this 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 fight has been won by the other side. It's been won. Everybody's given up. No. No, not me. You know, I would have been oblivious to this, possibly, had I not, over the past couple of years, seen two additions to my family, two beautiful baby girls. I don't want them listening to Lil Baby or Lil Baby's successor in about 10 years. What do we do about this, huh? Seriously, this is the hate speech we got to worry about, not MAGA. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, yeah, little, uh, little baby, huh? Oh, boy. Little baby. This, uh, this kind of stuff flourishes all over the place, right? But uh, I can't talk about the November 2020 election. I'm the threat to democracy, right? Joe Biden's going to lecture us about democracy tonight as this country uh, potentially goes down the tubes. Cross your fingers about next Tuesday, huh? Uh, this is, you know, I'm holding in my hands the threat to democracy. Uh, the little baby and his uh, worldview that is infecting young women, girls, boys all over the place. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. Everybody kind of gave up on this stuff. Remember? They tried to do something about it in the 80s, and that band NWA, yeah, N-Word WA showed up, started talking about F the police and all that stuff, right? Which, oh, by the way, that mantra, that um, uh, theme, help kill a cop in New York City. Remember that? Do you remember the one who was drinking and getting all drunk and high out there as she did a podcast in Brooklyn, then she hops in her car and ran down a cop, ran down a cop, F the police, and then she ran down a cop. It was an accident, I do believe, but uh, F the police, and then she ran over a police officer, all drunk. And uh, she was a big fan of this uh, this world, I believe. Here's a little bit about what Lil Baby, the song is nice, the song sounds nice, right? California Breeze. Wow. 
What a nice, that sounds like it's going to be a nice song. Okay, no. I'm still out here, still don't know how to feel about it. Early in the morning, talking to Marquis about it, wondering should I let it go or we be beefing about it, knowing that I'll go cold on you for weeks about it, and it wasn't even that deep, but that's just how to it be with me. I can't lie, she be F-word me good, but girl, you F me better. I'm not surprised that you stereotype me to be a little guy, but if I can have a second of yo time, try to elevate yo mind, uh, we can crush them on every level. I'm telling you, I fell in love with generating revenue. I know they going to try to push me from the top, so I'm careful. I put my N-words under my wing like my nephew. I'm going to give you every ga- piece of game I got when I catch you. I'm just trying to let you feel the breeze with me. I can't F-word with shoddy because she got a big mouth pull up in a rari hop what's a rari by the way is that supposed to be a ferrari i think it is um hop out like a big dog get my shi together feel like i done took my years off booking up my schedule i ain't rich enough to chill out i watch you turn sour i still don't know how to feel about it majority of them folded but i still hey you know what this isn't that bad after all (laughs) No, I'm only kidding. No, no, no. I'm supposed to be gone. But SH, where am I going? I'm trying to hold it in. I can't let this S show. I can't be forced. It don't work. Let it go. I try to tell you, you act like you know. Hmm. Thank you to uh, who wrote this song? Coco O, Dominique Jones, Marcel Cortia, and Shane Lindstrom. By Warner Music, by the way. Wow. Wow. All right, there's a lot of uh, a lot of f word, a lot of look. There are a lot of racist. There's a lot of racist stuff in here, and there's a lot of demeaning of women here, and I don't think that's really good for anybody. Do you? But what are they going to do? What do they do? What do they do? They tell us that our language. This is Amy Klobuchar, Democrat from Minnesota. Is she taking on licentious lyrics that children are listening to? No. She says that uh, conservative media, that they're fueling all the problems here. Listen to her lie about us. Cut 38. I just don't think people should be making money off of passing on this stuff that's a bunch of lies. You couldn't do that on your network, Chuck. You couldn't. You you guys look at commercials and you decide if they are false or not. That is not a requirement of these companies, and we have to change the requirements on these companies. They are making money off of us. They are making money off of this violence. Off of this violence. What is she talking about, right? I can't talk about the November 2020 election. I can't talk about my doubts that Joe Biden won. Hmm? I can't. um, What else am I not? I mean, MAGA. MAGA is now associated with white supremacy. And she said uh, anti-Semitism and MAGA go hand in hand. She's trying to link the two. MAGA, they're trying to tarnish. Can you believe that? They're trying to tarnish, make America great again. So she's trying to pressure Internet companies to censor speech, but she won't talk about those horrible lyrics. Well, Greg, that's a free speech matter. Well, yeah. Um, But you know what? At one point, we actually had Democrats join forces with Republicans who took on this This poison, the real poison out there, little baby, little baby who's a criminal who talks about criminality and degrading women and makes millions and millions and millions of dollars. 
And, oh, by the way, puts himself at grave risk. Because there's one thing in that song, because it does make people jealous, people in that community. And if you haven't noticed, rap stars have a way of dying early. So um, some some rap stars actually have reacted to the death of Takeoff, and they're just beside themselves. They're talking about leaving rap. But put that aside for a moment. Remember Al Gore? Yeah, I know. I wasn't a big Al Gore fan either. But you know what? I remember in the 90s, I thought in the 80s, hey, this guy, remember he ran for uh, mayor of, I'm sorry, he ran for president all the way back in 1988. He was 40 years old. And Ed Koch endorsed him, actually. Ed Koch endorsed Al Gore. And it was a big deal at the time. Uh, Al Gore was married to a woman named Tipper Gore. And they got divorced a few years ago. But here she is, a senator's wife. It's like in the mid-1980s. And she joined forces with some um, some Republicans some spouses and some people and said, we got to do something about this horrible music that's ripping our children that could potentially destroy our children. Here she is testifying before Congress. This is Al Gore's wife, Tipper Gore, in 1985. 37, please. Cut 37. The issue here is larger than violent and sexually explicit lyrics. It is one of ideas and ideals, freedoms and responsibility in our society. Clearly, there is a tension here, and in a free society, there always will be. We are simply asking that these corporate and artistic rights be exercised with responsibility, with sensitivity, and some measure of self-restraint. Wow. How about that, huh? Back when we had a culture. Back when we had standards. Tipper Gore, the wife of a Democrat, good for her, by the way. Good for her. And good for Al Gore, by the way. I'm sure he gave his blessing to this. Now I can't have you going out there talk. Imagine a white woman today in today's culture. And by the way, I have like, I wish you could. Amy Klobuchar. Now she's a white woman from Minnesota. You think a white woman from Minnesota can take on the rap world? No. So what does she do? She takes on conservatives. Accuses us of engaging in hate speech. Now, I bring up the white woman thing because the left, they've invented this word Karen. You know, a Karen is any white woman who gets out of line. Well, you know what? You went too far. And white women are about to uh, respond in very in a very bold and dramatic way on Election Day. You know, it's a critical swing group. And uh, white women helped get Trump elected in 2016. Apparently, if you believe the polls, they helped get Biden elected in 2020. I don't, you know, I've, I've, I have my doubts. And now they're poised to uh, come back and kick the Democrats out in the most spectacular way. Uh, Anne in Staten Island, hello. Hi, Greg. Long time I haven't spoken to you. Listen, we spoke about you last night. I was at a rally Saturday for Lee Zeldin. And again, last night on Staten Island, can I tell you that the crowd erupted? I don't know how many times when Joe Pinion was brought onto the stage by uh, Giuliani. They were all there. I met them all. These are gentlemen. These are great men, veterans like yourself. We need to put them in office. They all told everyone to reach out to even Democrats. Tell them this is the fight of our lives. They want to bring down the culture of America. John Tobacco was going to reach out to you to do some sort of a rally with Newsmax because we went on uh, Hannity last night. Would you believe it? The last minute they put us on Hannity. So 
uh, will you, people there love you, they watch you, and they said, why isn't Greg? I said, well, Joe was on with Greg the other night. You what did they say? Why isn't like, Greg what? Why isn't Greg what? Uh, doing some sort of a rally like um, Sean Hannity. Oh, good for Sean Hannity. I mean, look, I, I, I got a studio. I don't you know. I'm not Sean Hannity at this time, but, uh, you know, I'm doing what I can. I can't. I, I, I don't know how he does a rally. He, he was there in person. He went to Staten Island to go to the rally. No, 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 no. They, they, you know, they programmed it. Okay, I've done no, stuff like that before. I've done plenty of stuff like that. Look, I'm doing yeah, everything no, I can. Something like that. Not not that you would be there. You could, you know, have it spread through or however they work it and um, that they had this on. And then they had segments of the uh, rally in Long Island with, um, you know, with the uh, – Oh, my God. I got myself so excited. Who, Zeldin? With, with the governor of Florida. I love Oh, DeSantis. Show. Yeah, no, that was great. He was DeSantis. there. Look, yeah, I want, him. you yeah. know how I, I'm so blessed that I'm on the opinion side of things, and I can say who I'm rooting for and all that stuff. And, you know, I'm trying to help save America in my own small little way. I wish I could do more. And thank you so much. Um, nice to be nice that there's a little buzz out there. Oh, speaking of which, you know why there's so much buzz? Uh, I got a book coming and uh, I'd really appreciate it if uh, you went to Amazon and, uh, you know, pre-ordered it. Justice for All, Why the Woke Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And uh, it's coming out January 10th. But the pre-order stuff, look, I don't understand book publishing, but the uh, the pre-order thing is a big deal. And if you pre-order it, uh, I'd love it. Uh, so Joe Pinion spoke and he got a big round of applause. Did you see the debate? He kicked Schumer's you-know-what. Yes, he did. He's wonderful. And you know what? I hate to say it, but I have doubts of him getting in only because you know how corrupt. I'm sorry to say. I have to say it. Money speaks. You yeah. Know no, I know. Up. It's a long shot. It's and, a long shot for him. But yeah. uh, you know, but it's he's funny. Wonderful. He's wonderful. I like him. Yeah. We took pictures with him. He's so wonderful. I met him twice. Spoke with him. He's such a gentleman. I, I All of them. Giuliani, his son. All of them I was speaking with. These, these are great people. They're great people. Lovely, All right. And I love um, Allison Esposito. I love Yeah, yeah, her. she could be the next lieutenant governor. All right, Ann. Well, get your friends, you know, take this momentum all the way to the polls on uh, on Tuesday, if you haven't voted already. Some people have done that. Uh, let me do Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Welcome back. She's in New Jersey. Hi, Greg. My husband ordered your book on audio. He oh, it, yes, so you know. yes, yes, yes. Thank you so much. I, I've been reading it in the studio. It's a very fun process, actually, reading the book. I'm doing it myself. Sometimes they hire an actor, and um, but nope, I'm doing it. you got to pay the actor. That's one of the reasons you should read it yourself. Anyway, Sandra, what's going on? Well, two things. One, you often speak about Fox News, and I wanted to know, like, if Fox News already, ha- already had a monopoly on conservative speech, why would they now strive to be like all the other left-wing channels? To me, it's not going to be lucrative in the long run, I, I would think. I don't know. Uh, why are they doing this? Well, why are they doing this? Look, they have no Roger Ailes, all right? Uh, Roger Ailes was the heart and soul of Fox News and really believed what we believe. Um, they don't have anybody like that, and they've got a bunch of people running around in their own direction. There's no real leadership from what I'm hearing especially during the daytime. And, you know, all these reporters, you know, most of the the reporters are worried about getting hired by somebody else, right? And the people who do most of the hiring in media are leftists. 
So I played that report from this what the hell is his name? Edson in 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 um in Pennsylvania. I couldn't believe it. He did a two minute report about the midterms. Twenty seconds of the two minutes he talked about Republicans. Twenty seconds out of two minutes. It was ridiculous. Not only was it biased, but it was lame. Anyway, Sandra, I can't figure them out. Uh, hey, listen, I got to take this call from Jamal. Is this the Jamal? Jamal, I was wondering about hey. you. Is that you? Good afternoon. Good hey, afternoon. All, how have you been? You're a screener. They don't like me. I called you too wise because I don't know where you were going. Your last two callers, they live in Meta Universe. Hey, wait a second. Hold on. Don't criticize anybody else. All right. They're fine people. You're look at listen to you. You criticize the callers. You criticize the call screeners, and now you're going to criticize me. I can take it, but leave them out of it. All right, Jamal. Anyway, we haven't spoken in many, many months. It's good to hear from you. Jamal calls us from the Bronx. He's originally, I believe, from Cape Verde, a beautiful part of the world. All right, Jamal, what's up? I, I okay. I just want to make sure you know that I call you once a while when I see that people are in Meta Universe, which I have no idea where their universe are. First of all, can you stop guys talking about crime when the crime is more in Jacksonville, Oklahoma, per 100,000? Make a sense of it. You are a very honest guy. I am surprised sometimes the way you speak. You know, we are already agreed that I have respect for you. But my issue is Blue is going to win outright this time. Blue is what? Blue is, I blue. don't know what they're leaving in. Oh, listen, listen, yeah, listen. Jamal, Jamal, you know, here's the deal. Election. You just said you respect me, and now I'm going to have to. I mean, I cannot respect anything you just said. Number one, are you falling for this crazy nonsense that Kathy, uh, what's her name, Kathy Hochul is pushing and other lying Democrats? And this is a little trick. I know you're falling for it, right? They say, oh, crime is on the rise in the red states. Just look at Florida. Look at Ohio. Look at Alabama. Look at all. That's where the shooting. Look at Tennessee. I did this last night on the Newsmax show, which I know your family watches and I appreciate. What we do is we take a state like Ohio, right, which was won by Trump in 2016 and 2020. And people like Kathy Hochul and D.A. Krasner say this is a red state and crime is out of control. Well, you got to zoom in and find where the crime is. Where wild guess, where do you think the crime is in Red State, Ohio? Take a guess, Jamal. Uh, I'm going to tell you that 2020. All right, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you the answer. It's Cleveland. All right, so you zoom in, you zoom in on all the counties and you see that little that where Cleveland is and you know what it is? Solid blue. Solid solid blue. Same thing in uh same thing in Michigan which went red in 2016. You zoom in on where's the crime there. Take a guess. Detroit, all right? Uh, Tennessee, where's the crime? Memphis, all these red states. But you move in on where the crime is, it is bright, bright blue. And if you think, Jamal, you live in the Bronx, that we don't have a very serious crime problem, that things are out of control, that we are going backwards, Jamal, I'm going to have to encourage you to not call me again for another eight months. I mean, I used to like hearing from you, but you are on another. You're talking about the meta universe. Where the hell have you been? Are you asking me the question or you let me to answer your question? You know, this is my new technique. This is my new technique. I'm just going to stop talking sometimes to see what happens. Somebody once told me, I can't remember who said 
But one of the most effective things you can do in an argument is, is stop, is just stop talking every now and then. And I said nothing and he left. He couldn't handle it. What he tried to do there was buy himself a little bit more time. I think he tried to buy himself a little bit more time by asking me that question, which was, come on, start, don't, don't, just hit me back, hit me back, hit me back. But he couldn't. Listen, Jamal, you and I go way back now. I would like to hear from you more often. Don't worry. Um, look, just uh, go easier on the callers. Go easier on this call screener. Don't get so worked up, although I guess that's why people call sometimes when they get worked up. Anyway, pal, no hard feelings on this end, and I'll be right back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Why? Why? Why do we do this? Why do we do this? Why do we do it? I swear, this ain't nothing. I swear to God, this ain't nothing. I'm done, rap. I'm done, rap. Me, it's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. It's done. All right. This is a guy, a very prominent rapper, retiring from rap. His name is Designer, and uh, he was very close to this guy, Takeoff, who was in the band Migo, who got shot the other night in a bowling alley. And uh, let's face it, rap, it's a a pretty violent game. Uh, It's uh, a lot of gangster stuff. And, um, you know, how how many people have lost their lives in the rap community way too prematurely in violent death. So this guy said enough is enough. And I, I, I think it's a very healthy, good step in the right direction. Who the hell needs this crazy music that's poisonous to our children? It promotes violence. It promotes promiscuity. It promotes uh, materialistic uh, greed. It's it's just awful, awful stuff. And then we have Amy Klobuchar out there trying to tell me that I, I should not be doubting the 2020 election. That's a threat to democracy. Oh, yeah, Amy? threat to democracy. She's afraid to take on the real problems because uh, uh, she gave up, I guess. You know, it's more it's more politically expedient. It's easier taking on, I guess, a bunch of white men and women. Is that the issue, Amy? Huh? I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Well, that. Kathy Hochul, the Democrats are having serious buyer's remorse, the Democrat powers that be. Why the hell did we endorse this uh, ditzy, foolish person from upstate New York? Why the hell did we go with her? You had Tom Swazi. Could have gone with Tom Swazi. Really practical guy, likable guy. Uh, but they made a big mistake with this Kathy Hochul, who was, I believe, poised to lose to um, Lee Zeldin, and that would be spectacular because Kathy Hochul, and you can see it, you can see it in her um, in her activity, her Rose Garden, uh, I'm a, 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 a gubernatorial, I'm I'm the governor, I'm the empress, I am going to uh, govern this Rose Garden strategy of hers. Um, no, she should have been running like she was behind from the beginning because she's behind now, and I think she's going to lose. And why will she lose? Because she doesn't understand the place where she lives. She doesn't understand New York, doesn't understand what we're going through. As that goofy smile on her face goes on friendly networks, uh, Al Sharpton. Can you believe that Al Sharpton has a show? You know, all that we know about Al Sharpton, he's got a show on MSNBC. And here's Kathy Hochul saying that the, uh, the crime that you see all over the place that is very real, that has altered the lives of tens of millions, hundreds of millions of Americans, 
We don't do what we used to do. I can't. I still don't feel safe riding the subway. Yeah, I, a Marine, I don't ride the subway. And I can't stand paying for cabs, and I really don't even like walking all that much. I can't take the subway. This is real money out of my pocket, your pocket too probably. And by the way, if you are taking the subway, if you can afford not to, don't, please. Here she is, though. It's all a makeup job, huh, Kathy Hochul? Cut 39. These are master manipulators. They have this conspiracy going all across America to try and convince people that in democratic states they're not as safe. Stop. Guess what? Guess what? Now she's going to hit us with the data. She's going to hit us with that silly line about how, um, yeah, Trump states are more dangerous. Oh, and shootings and murders are down. Another phony statement, by the way, but keep going. Here we go. They're also not only election deniers, they're data deniers. The data shows that shootings and murders are down in our state by 15 percent, even in New York City. Yeah, the government's doing a great job. Just ask the government. (laughs) Wrong, wrong, wrong. The nerve of this woman, the arrogance. By the way, it goes way beyond gun violence. Knives, people being pushed, people being harassed. You know, i got to be honest with you. you know, as far as crime goes, I don't know if I'm really worried about shootings. I'm worried about getting robbed. That's what I'm worried about. And I'm worried about getting punched. And I'm always looking over my shoulder. I also have to be honest with you. I don't know if I've ever seen anybody get shot in my life outside of war. In Iraq, you saw people get shot. Um but I don't think I've ever actually seen anyone in my entire life get shot. Most people haven't. It's the quality of life crimes, and it's as simple. It's the robbery stuff. And she's, we're making this up, huh, Kathy? It's a conspiracy. We're data deniers. Keep going. Down 20% on Long Island, Ooh. where Lee Zeldin comes from. And it's the, it's, the, it's the Republican states where they have almost no restrictions on guns, because of the abundance of guns, people are killing each other with more frequency. The safer places are the Democratic states. <laughs> wow. First of all, the gun issue is a, is a nonsense issue here. All right. It's just there are something like 500 million handguns in America right now. What would happen if you took those down to a 400 million, 200 million? You ain't going to fix that problem. All right. People are killing each other. People can't take the subway. People aren't taking the subway. You know, ridership is off like 50%. It's just this woman is living in a, I believe she's medicated. I believe she's uh, she's doing something. I don't know if she's drinking or taking pills or whatever, but she's totally out of touch, totally. And she's taken with the power. We got to do everything we can to get Lee Zeldin in there. It's time. It's time. It's time. This has not happened since 1994. That's the last time an incumbent governor, Democrat, was expelled from Albany. It's time. How many years ago was that? 30, 26, 8 years ago. 28 years ago. George Pataki beat Mario Cuomo. And he turned out to be a pretty good governor, right? Hey, there were things I liked about Mario, but uh, it was probably time for him to go. And uh, George Pataki, he was a three-term governor himself. Ran for president. People don't remember that, but he did. Um, so, Kathy, sorry. You are you are not worthy of us. You're simply not worthy. Uh, 
that's the way it's going to be. What's, that's going to be hard, though. She raised $30 million. Will we have to deal with her for a while? What's going to happen next? What will happen next? Uh, somebody else there trying to, uh, somebody else that lying all the time, trying to lie their way to reelection is uh, Raphael Warnock down there in Georgia. Herschel Walker is a great guy. They're coming after him with anything they can. Nothing's being vetted. This is Herschel Walker. Another, you know, the, the, oh, he paid for an abortion uh, 15 years ago. Well, number one, look, I don't believe the charges. Number two, I will point out that it was legal to have an abortion, to pay for an abortion 15 years ago. And I'll say 15 years ago it was illegal, and today it's illegal to drive over your wife's foot. And that's what Raphael Warnock did. Okay, that's illegal. And that happened, I think, a couple of months ago. Herschel Walker, listen to him, cut 41. Say that's a lie, and I've moved on, and they want me to play these guessing yeah. games and all this, but I'm not. I'm not into that. I'm into winning this great seat, fight for the great people of Georgia, because that's what this is about. All right, good for you, Herschel Walker. Because we got a Jane Doe who's come forward. Now, Jane Doe, they, they're milking this story. She came out a couple of weeks ago saying Herschel was this, Herschel was that. I had I had a long-term affair with Herschel. He's the worst guy in the world. But I was sleeping with him for five years. Okay, whatever. She didn't want to use her name, but she's showing her face for some reason. Totally bizarre. Uh, you can look use my face, but you can't use my name. Why? What would we learn about her if we Googled her? Quite frankly, she's right. I can't Google her face. Here's ABC News trying to influence the results of this election. Cut 42. Now Jane Doe responds. At her request, we agreed not to use her name, calling her Jane Doe instead. But she says she now wants to show her face. How have you ever heard of such an arrangement? Yeah, I, I, you know, they, I've heard people distorting their voice, Jane Doe, behind the camera, behind the, uh, you know, behind the curtain. But she wants to use her face, but not her name. So they call her Jane Doe throughout the interview. Totally weird. Next, cut 44. Jane Doe says despite being on birth control, she got pregnant in 1993. That's it? I know I had more of this. Okay, anyway. Uh, she had a long-term affair. And she alleges, oh, she did weird things. Hey, do me a favor. you got to really cut these better. Because I had this whole thing where she took pictures of Herschel Walker while he was asleep. Now, who the hell does that? That's not, that's not consensual. You can't do that. And she's also saving hotel receipts from 1993. Who does that? A ticking time bomb does that, I guess. And here, I guess this tells you a lot, too. Gloria Allred was involved. Gloria Allred, the national joke lawyer, joining forces with Jane Doe, cut 45. And she's now looking the American people in the eye. And she's telling her truth. Her truth. Remember that? Remember when there used to be the truth? But it's her truth. I mean, who can argue with her? It's her truth. It's her version of events. Well, that's my truth. Hey, Greg, you were late today. My, my my truth is I was on time. I, what about the truth? The truth. No, no. And why is she coming forward now? Because, because it's all about honesty, right? She's such an honest person, and that's why she just had to say something uh, six days before the election. Cut 46. And what makes you think he's not fit to be a U.S. senator? I think, I think honesty matters. Ooh, wow, honesty matters. Uh, she's coming forward now to talk about the consensual 
extramarital affair she had with him 30 years ago. Honesty does matter. We don't trust you. We don't like you. We know and trust Herschel Walker. And it's quite frankly important what he stands for today. What will he do today? How will he vote? All those things. And uh, I think he wants to take our country back, and that's great. I love it. Hey, you know, there is a lot of hate speech in America, and maybe we should dial it down a couple of notches, huh? I mean, not me, but them. Cut 40. He is a bigot. He is a racist. He is a misogynist. He has said horrible things about women. He has pushed every racially divisive nerve possible in this country. Wow. Do they realize what their language could lead to? What their language could lead to? I mean... I suppose some nut could hear that, maybe pack up a gun and try to kill Republicans, right? And that's happened. See, however, I'm going to say this. This is America, and even if you're Cory Booker and you want to say horrible, nasty things, you can. This is a free speech place. Deal with it. We'll have to, uh, you know, I'm not going to censor myself. I'm not. Threats, you can't threaten anybody. That's against the law already. Do you hear they want to make it against the law to intimidate somebody? How are they going to define intimidation? And how about this for hate speech? Where's Nancy Pelosi saying every horrible thing she can come up with? Um, Well, first, you know who made all this possible? Carrie Lake. What does she have to do with anything? Uh, (laughs) I like Carrie Lake. She's going to win. She is going to win out there, and it's going to be a great thing. All right, where is, uh, oh, yeah, Nancy Pelosi. Talk about hate speech. Cut 34. I said I would have punched him out. I would have gone to jail, and I would have been happy to do so. Would you have done For it? our country. He wouldn't have had the courage to come to the Hill. He's all talk. Putin appears to be President Trump's puppeteer. The president doesn't believe in governance. So he doesn't care if governance doesn't take place. It is a matter of fact that the president is an ongoing threat to our national security and the integrity of our elections, the basis of our democracy. The basis of our democracy. You know when she said that? wasn't January 6th or January 7th or January 5th. She said that in 2018. You think they had an idea of what they were going to do with the elections maybe a long time ago? They were working for that for a while? Yeah, I think that's the case, don't you? It's so obvious now. And Nancy is panicking. She is panicking. She loves the perks. She loves the power. And she really likes being photographed with Paul Pelosi. Have you seen the footage of them on the red carpet? The way she hams it up? I gotta, I'm gonna show you the sequence tonight on the Newsmax show. She is looking at the camera like a wannabe model. You know, you know, in a, you ever see that in TV? You know, like, okay, look at the camera. Now show me some attitude. Good. Now show me a smile. Okay, now look right. Now look left. Oh, you're super. You know, that kind of thing. She is moving, like, all over the place, changing the expression of her face like she wants to be a model. Did I tell you about the time we saw her in Saks Fifth Avenue trying on an orange jumpsuit and they shut down the entire floor so she could try on clothes? This woman is lost. Lost and all she's got. All she's got now is potentially going away. Hey, we all want Paul to get better. I also want the truth told. And Pelosi, both of them are hiding a lot. Be right back. Greg Kelly Kelly. on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 
So, you know, the um, district attorney there in California filed a separate case. We've got a federal case and we've got a state case against the defendant. Uh, what's his name again? David DePape. And I'm thinking that he just might have a good case here. Uh, something is very, very much amiss. And uh, let's go through it. This uh, this thing is not written in a professional matter, number one. It's written more like a political document, and I'm already seeing some issues here, okay? So this is what they say are the statement of the facts. In the middle of the night, that's kind of odd. It was 2.23 in the morning. I know that's late. I mean, I'm, I'm not to be particular here, but wouldn't they say at 2.27 in the morning? You know, early. It's not the middle of, it's not midnight. Anyway, it might, stay with me here. Defendant smashed through a window in a back door of the Pelosi home in search of the Speaker of the United States House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi. But Speaker Pelosi was not home. Only her 82-year-old husband, Paul, who slept upstairs in his pajama top and boxer shorts. Standing over Mr. Pelosi's bed just after 2 a.m., here we go, defendant startled Mr. Pelosi awake by asking, Are you Paul Pelosi? Defendant carried a large hammer in his right hand and several white plastic zip ties in his left hand defendant then repeated where's nancy where's nancy still groggy from being suddenly awoken mr pelosi responded she's not here all right if a stranger wakes you up are you groggy are you groggy i think you kind of snapped too right away are you groggy are you still groggy i would not be groggy defendant then demanded well when is she coming back She's in Washington. She's not going to be back for a couple of days, defendant responded. Okay, well, I'm going to tie you up. All righty. Mr. Pelosi stood up and tried to leave by the elevator near the bedroom, but defendant held the door, preventing Mr. Pelosi from escaping. Mr. Pelosi then returned to the bedroom, sat on the bed, and asked defendant why he wanted to see or talk to Nancy. Well, she's number two in line for the presidency, right? When Mr. Pelosi agreed, defendant responded that they are all corrupt and we've got to take them all out. When Mr. Pelosi asked if he could call anyone for defendant, defendant ominously responded that it was the end of the road for Mr. Pelosi. Hmm. All right. Here's a problem. Asked defendant why he wanted to see her talk to Nancy. Well, she's number two in line for the presidency, right? Now, that's... um. That's an accurate description that she is number two in line for the presidency. She's the Speaker of the House. Who comes first? Who's first in line? Um, first in line is uh, Kamala Harris, the vice president. Second in line is the Speaker. But 99 out of 100 people who know that would say mistakenly that she's the third in line. Think of it. President, vice president. Okay, she's the third in line. That's what most people say. That's what most people think. This deranged lunatic in the middle of the night is giving the accurate answer to that question. That's a puzzler, by the way. It, it really does trip a lot of people up. I see news anchors. I see politicians. I see everybody get this one wrong. But he gets it right in the middle of the night in Paul Pelosi's bedroom. I don't know. Do you? Still trying to escape from defendant, Mr. Pelosi asked to use the bathroom. Uh, defendant allowed him to do so. Pelosi stood up and walked to the bathroom where his phone was charging. Standing in the bathroom, Pelosi grabbed his phone, turned it on, called 911, and put the phone on speaker. Watching Mr. Pelosi, defendant stood about three feet away, still holding the large hammer and zip ties. During the 911 call itself, 
Mr. Pelosi said there was a gentleman there waiting for his wife, Nancy Pelosi, to come back. But Mr. Pelosi said they would have to wait because his wife would not be coming back. Blah, 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 blah. I'm sorry. I'm still hung up on that number two in line for the presidency. Ah, we have this. Now we have a new version. They're telling me that Paul Pelosi opened the door. Paul Pelosi opened the door. We heard another person. We heard nobody open the door. Now it's Paul Pelosi opened the door. If you're skeptical like I am, we have every right to be and every reason to be. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, remember just a few moments ago I said that uh, David DePape, according to the uh, allegation issued by the district attorney, stands there with Paul Pelosi in the bedroom and says, uh, your wife is second in line to the presidency, second in line, second in line, right? And that's technically correct. And I was surprised that he got that right because so many people get it wrong and they say third in line. And I found it kind of incredible that a lunatic like this David DePape, as he's portrayed, would get that right. Um, and a little bit later on in the document, guess what? The DA, Brooke Jenkins, gets it wrong. It just, uh, he forced his way into the Pelosi home, intending to take the person third in line to the presidency of the United States hostage and to seriously harm her. One of the now uh, dozen and a half so things that are very odd about these documents. The whole case stinks, in my opinion. Uh, more on that in a moment. Actually, maybe Dinesh D'Souza has something to say about that. But first, Dinesh D'Souza, welcome back to Newsmax. Congratulations on 2000 Mules, an amazing film that shed the light that we needed on that election. And now the book is out. 2000 Mules. And it goes beyond the wildly successful 2000 Mules documentary and reveals the full in-depth story available, I hope, wherever books are sold. They sometimes uh, give uh, conservatives a problem. Hey, Dinesh D'Souza, welcome back. How are you? And thank you. Hey, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I'm very excited about the book. It's a kind of a nice compliment to the film. The two of them really go together. Um, and the book has a lot of detail that you can't possibly put in a film. Also, the book is now coming out five months after the movie, and so I've been able to take stock of all the, the critiques and the so-called debunkings from Liz Cheney and Bill Barr, and all of them are duly slammed in the book. Okay, well, beautiful, beautiful. And it was one of those rare movies I looked at my watch and I didn't want it to end. I, I get that feeling, I would say, once every 50 movies and this was one of them, so I look forward to the book. Um, by the way, how, is there anything we can do about it? I mean, the 2020 election, I mean, whatever actually happened, it happened. Joe Biden's the president, and there's not much we can do about it or even should do about it. Or what do you think? Well, I do think that I would be – I would feel good if there was a just a reckoning about the truth. You know, it's kind of like – if you have a guy who's accused of, of being a rapist and he says, well, you know what? The statute of limitations has passed. There's nothing you can do. And I'm like, yeah, but there's new DNA evidence. And I'd at least like to know the truth. So I'm more than willing to move on. But I'd like to move on knowing what actually happened. And that's really what 2000 Mules, both the movie and the book, are aimed at doing is they want they want, stand for the truth regardless of all this stuff that is, you know, election denialism, blah, blah, blah. There's not a single debunking of this movie that stands up to the slightest scrutiny. 
Hey, could you do us a favor? Because the left always loves to say, well, 63, 63 judges said there's no merit, and, and, and they lost in court 63 times. Uh, well, number one, uh, there have been victories. There have been significant victories. But I believe you are – do you have a law degree? I don't have a law degree, but look – the the cases you're talking about were by and large all filed in the immediate aftermath of the election. So essentially what the Democrats are saying is you should have caught us in the act. In other words, you don't have a, a, a runway of time to accumulate your evidence. If you couldn't do it by December of 2020 and certainly before January, well, game over. Biden is now inaugurated. End of story. Well, look, we're talking about four million minutes of surveillance video that True the Vote had to sort of process and go through. By the way, what's so amazing is that the states took this video. Evidently, no one looked at it. When I first saw the video, I'm like, no one in the country has seen this. These are election offenses and violations occurring in front of your eyes. They're on tape, and no one's even bothered to look at it. So think of the laziness of a guy like Bill Barr. He had the resources to do what True the Vote did. He didn't bother to do it. He just pontificates that the election was secure. And so there's been a real breakdown of accountability and, and, uh, and of our institutions that we're seeing across the board, but also in the area of elections. You know, Bill Barr being lazy, you're right. He even looks lazy. He just sat there, you know, during those hearings. Well, look, uh, there's nothing to this. So you're just like, what do you want from me? But do you remember in the summer of 2020, he was passionate, and he said to Wolf Blitzer, Wolf, we're playing with fire. And for people to change the rules mid-campaign is flirting with disaster. People are playing with fire, and as a matter of logic, he said, it's open to fraud and abuse and coercion. What do you think happened to Bill Barr between that moment and, well, I haven't seen anything. Well, you know, he. I think he must have made a calculated bet that his own future is more secure in siding with the January 6th committee against Trump than in sticking with Trump. I say this because when he appeared to testify before the committee, it was very clear that he was there to sort of do their bidding. And that's why when they brought up 2,000 mules, they, they carefully chose him to come in on that because, you know, he was sort of the, the, the election integrity guy, and he, they knew that he had said all that before. So then he comes forward and he makes a preposterous claim, which is he says, look, in a big city like Atlanta where you've got cab drivers and cars and joggers, there's no way to pinpoint these mules. And I'm thinking to myself, weren't you the head of the Department of Justice all this time? Isn't it true that law enforcement does exactly this all the time? Isn't it true that if you look at the charging documents for January 6th protesters, it says Mr. X was approximately 30 feet outside the front door of the Capitol, and Mr. Y was approximately 20 feet inside the front door, and isn't cell phone geo-tracking the way that they know this? Look, everybody should watch the movie and get the book. Uh, I am very much... I really want to devour this book. Can I ask you this? After the movie, did any of the mules come forward? Did people come forward and say, you said you're doing a bunch of, you know, people criticize this and you're responding to their criticism and you're addressing it. But what about new information? Did anybody come forward and say, hey, wait till you see this? Uh, did that happen after the movie? Well, here's something interesting, and that is that we have a mule, as you know, interviewed in the movie. No mules have come forward since the movie, but 
Uh, very recently in Florida, a black female Democrat who's run for office before has filed a complaint with the state of Florida saying that there's ballot trafficking organized by the Democratic Party in the urban areas of Florida in which they send out mules, they pay them $10 a ballot, the exact amount, by the way, mentioned in the movie. And so she described this elaborate operation and the Florida, the newly formed Florida election police are looking into it. So this is fascinating because you have a Democrat essentially outlining the precise identical scheme laid out in 2000 mules and confirming that it's true but it's true outside an area we looked at we didn't look at florida and she's saying the same things going on in florida right now you know your movie was not embraced by the mainstream media of course however it did very very well the people the people wanted to see it and the people managed to see it even though there were some obstructions thrown out And I am just appalled at the idea that how dare you question something as sanctified as the elections. Uh, Dinesh, I want to play you a clip that I saw. This is CNN yesterday. And listen to how they characterize the government's case against um, DePape and this Pelosi matter. And those of us who might have a question or two, because it doesn't seem as straightforward as they're saying. Listen to this. Cut 30. I think we need to stop calling them conspiracy theories. These are lies. These are just things that people are have made up and, and are spreading. But that 911 audio may be critical to stopping some of it. Yeah, it, it should stop it, but it won't. It won't stop the lies, right? And part of that we see is because some of the folks who are trafficking in this also have their suspicions about the FBI. And here we are talking about claims that are very clearly spelled out in a federal affidavit. A federal affidavit. It's in the affidavit. They're defending a 911 call they haven't even heard yet and saying that <laughs> it's 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 astonishing to me. You know, they even gave O.J. Simpson, you know, the benefit of the doubt. You know, authorities allege such and such. Uh, <laughs> the allegation is such and such. They're treating this all as fact. Dinesh, what do you think it means? Well, Look, the, from the beginning, none of what has been put out makes any sense. Question number one, how did the guy sort of get through so easily? It's a Speaker of the House, no security, no surveillance. Um, how do you break into the Speaker of the House's house with such apparent ease? Uh, number two, Uh, Somehow Paul Pelosi takes this bathroom break, apparently having tricked the assailant. But notice something really odd. He doesn't lock himself in the bathroom. He makes the call. By the way, he doesn't say he's being attacked. He says, oh, come do a wellness check on me. And then he marches right back out. Um, And he tells, we know this from the recording, they want us to pay attention to evidence. I'm paying attention to the police evidence. He knows the name of his attacker. And he calls him a friend. Now, the attacker wasn't with him in the bathroom. He didn't have to to tell lies just to appease the attacker. So all of this really doesn't add up. Um, And I think we have a well-founded distrust of these narratives. I mean, most of us believed these narratives 10 years ago, but we've been lied to so much by so many institutions that we reasonably now say, listen, you've got body cam footage. You supposedly have surveillance footage. Let's see it. And you know what? I thought it was the American way to question authority. You know, CNN, Cable News Network. You know, a lot of people like just if you're not 
actively seeking out conservative content, you're going to flip on the news and believe this stuff, that this is the way it is, and that somehow we're renegades, conspiracy theorists, and in, in, in saying, wait a second, that doesn't make sense, this doesn't make sense. So much of the confusion, as you know, was kind of brought on by the police themselves. Uh, the police. Yeah, and, you know, look at 2000 Mules for a second. If you read the AP, the Associated Press fact check, the writer of that fact check, Ali Swenson, says Dinesh claims that there are mules wearing gloves, but it was really cold in Georgia in the winter of 2021. Now, if you see the movie, you know right away that this is stupid because none of the mules are wearing woolen gloves or leather gloves for the cold. They're wearing latex gloves, which they immediately discard after the ballots go in the box. But it takes you seeing the movie to know that. If you're an ordinary gullible guy, you just read the fact check. You go, man, this film has been totally refuted. But (laughs) so this is brazen lies and dishonesty on the part of the fact checkers. They're relying on their audience not to see the movie. And those so-called fact checkers, you know, they have squandered. Journalists have squandered the one thing they had going for them, which was time. They have no expertise in almost anything. But they had a little bit of time to go out and spend four hours on a story, maybe eight hours on a story. They don't have that kind of time anymore. And they're all distracted uh, on Twitter, you know, making fun of uh, Trump people and making fun of Trump. They're not doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I just think that's a, a major development and failing of, of, of journalists and journalism. Hey, Dinesh, where were you born? I was born in, in Bombay, now called Mumbai, India, and I came to America at the age of 17. You know, one of the things I love, quite frankly, about being a conservative is it's so obvious, but we don't care where anybody came from or what they look like. It's about the ideas, and it's particularly infuriating to me when I hear this nonsense about, oh, the, the great replacement theory and these conservatives are afraid of people of color. You, sir, along with uh, Candace Owens and... Ben Shapiro, you know, I mean, like Jews and people of color are some of the most valued, respected uh, kind of thinkers and movers in the conservative world. And it makes me angry when I hear that kind of nonsense. Have you noticed that and that there's a dissonance with what they're saying and what the reality is? Well, I mean, I can testify from a lifetime of experience that the conservatives and Republicans are the least racist people in America. It's only when I'm in liberal precincts that people start saying things like, you know, deport Dinesh. And so, in other words, the, the racism comes out very easily when you're dealing with people on the left. On the right, it's the opposite. And I've been in, you know, I'd say center to far right precincts over the last 30 years. I've virtually never seen it. So the liberal description of the conservatives and the Republicans is absolutely a case of projection. It's the way they feel, not the way the conservatives actually are. Yeah, yeah. Well, we are very grateful that uh, you made this movie and you made the book, 2,000 Mules. Uh, Get it soon. Hey, actually, has there been any pushback? Can we get this on Amazon? Is everything, are they giving you a hard time? No, I think the book is doing just fine. It's Amazon, it's Barnes & Noble. And, of course, if you haven't seen the film, you must see the film because there's surveillance video evidence in the film that can't go in the book. So the film and the book are kind of a nice one-two punch and will make you, a well, a very dangerous American. (laughs) We love it. Dinesh D'Souza, the one and only. Uh, Many, many thanks, sir. Thank you. All right, you bet. Uh, What a guy. What a brain, too. What a brain.
Uh, oh, I actually have another moment, and uh, I am going to check in. Wasn't that a nice talk? I love talking to that guy and uh, a great thinkers. It's one of the cool things about the being here at WABC. Tony has been on the phone for an hour and a half. She's in Clifton, or he's in Clifton. What'd you think hey, of Dinesh? Greg. Hi there. Oh my God, Greg, he was amazing. And what's interesting is that the people, you know, are really asking. We, the people who have a public official who is let's get the correct number, second in line for the presidency. <laughs> and we want to know how how secure our government is. Security has been a very big issue. And so we're, we're asking this question not to be nosy, but to make sure that our country is secure, which based on what happened at the speaker's home, I wonder how secure our country is if her home is in such bad. It really is something. It really is something. You know, I asked this question. You know, she can't secure her home. She can't secure her office. Oh, my God. I thought the police were going to knock down my door. Everybody went crazy. Everybody lost their minds. How dare you say such a thing at a time like this? Relax. She's the one who told me that Paul is going to be fine. And by the way, where are the doctors? I'd like to hear from them. Thank you. I'll be back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Oh, hey, everybody. Uh, check this out. Uh, join the Red Apple Audio Network and Ramsey Mazda as we honor law enforcement officers across the nation on Thursday. Uh, that's tomorrow, November 3rd, with special guests and commentary. One of those special guests will be the longest-serving police commissioner in the history of policing, Raymond W. Kelly, my dad. The Red Apple Audio Network and Ramsey Mazda, back the blue, Thursday, November 3rd. We want to do it every day, of course, but uh, we're really going to work to get the word out tomorrow. And uh, all right, I got to wrap up here and uh, feel pretty good about tonight's show on the Newsmax show shaping up. And uh, I'm sorry, but it's amazing that um, DePape is getting the political stuff that he's talking about right. And whoever wrote this thing is getting it wrong. I don't know what's going on here. This There's so many such such strangeness to the entire matter. Um, um, I'm not dropping it. I'm not. Dave in California. Uh, hi. Many inconsistencies regarding the Pelosi break-in, but most noteworthy, I think the cover-up is because the police screwed up. It says that they saw the guy with the hammer, and they said, drop the hammer. Then he said, no, I'm not going to. Then he bopped Pelosi over the head. Then the police entered the home. Well, why the heck didn't they enter the home in the first place and just knock the guy down? They were being too polite. They were pussyfooting around, and they didn't go into action like they should. They screwed up, and that's why they got to cover this up. You may be right. You may be right. The uh, behavior of the cops, uh, the, 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 the press conference, and, yeah, you're not – it is fascinating that the guy, Pelosi, didn't get beat up until the cops were looking at him. And, like, 
All right, so the cops get there. You think they're going to defuse the situation, end it, but that's when the violence actually started. That's uh, You may be onto something there, Dave. Um, and, you know, I noticed that they were very quick to uh, praise the cops. You know, everybody, they, they praised them. Do you remember that at the first press conference? You know, they were like, oh. you know, we, we praise this guy, we praise that guy, they saved the day, this, that, and the other thing. Well, I don't know. Why were they so reluctant? According to the affidavit, Paul Pelosi, the state affidavit, this has been all kinds of confusion about this, but Paul Pelosi let him in. Well, why didn't they go in? You're right. Were they pussyfooting around? People get very weird around powerful people, famous powerful people. Uh, I don't know, Dave. Great point, though. Great point. Um, Don in Amityville. Hi. Greg, hey, Greg, how you doing? I have a couple of things to say, but I, I think I don't have the time. No. I'll just I'll just piggyback on Dave. Yeah, he may be right about that. And you got to wonder, what was the gender of the police that were there? <clears throat> they were both they, men. At least they had male names. All right. Maybe they were pussyfooting around, you know? Uh, anyway, I'm Don from Amityville, and uh, I do some more reconnaissance on the Amityville horror Oh, 108, 108 Ocean Avenue. Yeah. <laughs> the guy I died, know. you know, the guy died in prison. I know that. I know that. DeFeo, DeFeo. You know, it's all a makeup job, right? There was no possession. It was just all a big sham. I mean, there was a murder there, and DeFeo did it, uh, but it was all a sham. Do you agree? He was on acid. Yeah, he was, a, yeah. He was, a, he was an acid freak. I know that. I'm just going to make a joke, but... But I had something to say about Mark Milley, but I Well, come back time. later. Come back tomorrow. And, uh, Rich, you got five seconds, Rich. Hi, I'm sorry. Hey, Greg, you got to do your due diligence on that uh, 18B, the Legal Aid Attorney Day aside. The 18B, Legal Aid Society, what? All right, I'll be doing my due diligence on whatever the hell he just said. I'll be back. Greg Kelly on the Red Apple Podcast Network.